Should we introduce ourselves? Uh, we really didn't have an official intro, so go ahead. You go first. Um, okay. <laughs> how do we... Um, I haven't listened to enough podcasts really to know how to start this thing. Most people just go. They just start? Just start. See, that's why the intro music would be so helpful, right? Because yeah. you, you're like all geared up, you have the song, and then you just come in, hey guys, you're listening to John and Julie on Frenemies. Yeah, but that's added later. This is We're just recording the raw audio. Yeah. So maybe I should just have a little bit of a song in my head. Yeah, go then, ahead. Okay. Hey guys, it's you're literally li- in your head though. <laughs> I thought you would just hum it out or something, but it was literally. In your head. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the song. It's sort of like the Friends theme song, kind of gets me going. I don't know. Gotta have a thing. Gotta have a song. So our theme song should be a ripoff of the Friends theme. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. I'll I'll see what I can dig up. I sort of have that. Um, Green Day song in my head, too. It's like a mix of the Friends song and Green Day, Time of Your Life. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's the kind of spirit I'm going for with our podcast. So kind of upbeat, but kind of sentimental at the same time? Yes. Okay. I'm sure I can find something. I think it's perfect. Uh, works for me. And it brings us to this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen on the internet. Yeah. It's good. Um, this is the, uh, I think we're calling it Frenemies Podcast. Yep. I am John Wilson. And I'm Julie Phillips. And um, we are frenemies. Friend, more, more friends, but yeah. we, I, we like to tease each other. Mostly John makes fun of me. <laughs> I'm more of the friend in this. He's more of the enemy. We could split it like that. Yeah, that works. John started this thing on Twitter um, last year sometime. It's all Julie's fault. <laughs> called It's all Julie's fault. Uh, Blame Julie Fridays. That, that, that's my favorite. I'm going to bring that back soon. Yeah, and so basically the premise is that John just uh, blames me for something that's going horribly wrong in his life that I've had nothing to do with. No, just most of my problems in my life, just basic problems too. Yeah, so for example, he uh, got back from a road trip, he was feeling very tired. It's all Julie's fault. Yeah, well, it did take me 18 hours. Yeah, I didn't even know you were on a road trip. I told you I was going to Portland. But it was still my fault that he was tired. How was Portland? It was good. It was good. I, I I did enjoy it. What did you do in Portland? I went to the I went to the soccer game on the Saturday, but I just kind of hung out. And just, I just needed to go somewhere, and I was looking around to see if there's anything like sports wise and stuff, just to make it a kind of a trip. And Portland was playing on the Saturday, so I just went out on the Thursday morning and then came back uh, Monday morning. So. Cool. And what did you think of Portland? What was your sense of Portland? It's uh. Interesting. Very, I want to say grungy a little bit. I don't know. It was also humid there, so that kind of didn't help. Like, it's this big, like, shipping port, so it's, like, very humid. And But there is some cool stuff. I, I did like the uh, downtown Portland. They have some, they're very attached to their history. Yeah, they seem yeah. to really hold on to it. Yeah. And I like all the public plazas. Mm-hmm. seems to be, like, every two blocks. They're beautiful, and people go there. Did you, you saw, I like the, there was that one plaza where it had all the signs to all like the different cities around. Yeah. Like saw Calgary on there and all that kind of stuff. Like, and then there was like that radio station underground and stuff is weird. But, uh, no, I walked around downtown for, I think it was like good four hours. Saw that uh, theater that everybody seems to photograph and stuff. I don't understand the fascination with that big neon deer though. I didn't see the deer. It's like their big endless, like, welcome to Portland. And it's like a big neon deer, like, as you're coming in. Like, 
I saw it because the soccer game was over at like 11 o'clock, so it was all lit up. But like most of the, if you drove by in the day, you would probably not notice it. Yeah, I probably didn't notice it. Because it's very like bright and neon, and it's a deer. That's bizarre. Is that their official animal? I don't know. That's the thing. Huh. I also, I I also, when I was there, I drove down to the University of Oregon. Oh, cool. uh, Down in Eugene, Oregon. Nice. How was Eugene? It's, uh, It's definitely a college town. Like it's, you see, you hear those college towns where pretty much the entire population is focused on, it's mostly just students. Somehow, for some reason, they have a 70,000-seat stadium for football, and I don't think the population is 70,000 people. Whoa. That's weird, though. The campus is, like, the main thing in Eugene, and then everything is kind of, it's kind of just, like, scrunched together. That's what kind of, that's my opinion of Eugene, Oregon. Not very plan- well planned out. Okay. Yeah. I was I was there last summer for the World Domination Summit, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how many people were there. Maybe like three thousand, mm-hmm. and we used like there were street parties and lots of great speakers and after parties, and it was kind of a cool way to get to see lots of different parts of Portland. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite part, though, was the Rose Garden. I think it's the AT&T Center or something now or whatever. Something. I can't remember. No, like a real rose oh, garden. Oh, yeah. the Oh, yeah. It's like right by Every there. kind of rose is oh, yeah. there. It's beautiful. It's right by the zoo. Oh, yeah. I walked by it. That's cute. It's been a while. It's so amazing. I could have spent all weekend there. Yeah. I love flowers, though. The You've been to the one in Victoria, right? Yes. Yeah. That's like my mom's favorite place. Yeah, it's awesome. I was yeah. actually just in Victoria a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Cherry blossoms everywhere. It's already springtime, man. <laughs> well, we were covered in like 30 inches of snow. God, it's been so cold. Like, I don't remember like a winter this like bad. Yeah. Like, it's been like, there's been the breaks in the weather, but it's just been like, since like November, it's been just bitterly cold and now it's just starting to get nice. It is. It's, it's pretty much exactly what you think of when you think of horrible Canadian winters. Well, the problem is because we're right by the mountains, so the mountains changes the uh, weather patterns. Because it's supposed to be like warm westerly winds, and then it just changes to bitter cold winds and stuff. So, should we tell our listeners where we are located physically in the world? Uh, I would imagine. Sure, that might help. <laughs> Beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, that maybe that should be part of our intro. <laughs> just no, we'll just talk about the giant blue ring that everybody hates. Yeah. I, I don't think that really captures Calgary no. to me. It, they just, like, it, the city art project is such a weird art because they're trying so many different things. Yeah. Like, what's our identity? Eh, just think of something and we'll just call it something. I love all the public art, though. I love the quantity. There's that, uh, there's that new one with the Chinook Arch, I think it's called. Yeah, have you been to see it yet? No, I haven't, but I've heard about it. And it's a good idea because there's that bridge downtown as well that lights up as well. It's kind of staying with that theme. Yeah. So Calgary is like a city of light up things? No, like changing, like everything. It's not like one, everything's not just the same. It always changes. Like there's such different, because we like, we love a good celebration, like Global Fest and anything that involves fireworks, we just enjoy in this city. But isn't that kind of an international thing? Yeah, it is. But we do, we do embrace other cultures a lot. Because every weekend in the summer, there's always some different like festival yeah, that you can go to. That's true. You know what I'd love to see here is something like Heritage Days in Edmonton. Have you ever been to that? Heritage Days? You mean the, the what did it used to be called, I think? It was... Heritage Day? Yeah. 
singular. Yeah. I think it's grown to multi-day yeah. festival. But it's awesome, right? Because you go to Horlack Park and you try out all these different kinds of food. You get to see all this different music, see all these amazing, you know, different, um, what are they? I think that's what Global Fest is for here, though. Is that our closest thing to that? Yeah, I would imagine Global Fest would be the closest thing. Because if you go all around town, there's always something going on with, like, different cultures and stuff. And Global Fest, though, can you walk around and get a bunch of different kinds of food from all these different yeah. countries? Yeah. Oh. I can't remember where it is, though. I guess I haven't really been to Global Fest. No, it's because it's spread out all over the city, though. That's the thing. I've only really been to VIP Global Fest. There's, Maybe that's why. There's, like, the fireworks. That's, like, the main attraction. But, like, during the day... Yeah. And like stuff, there's like food, like like festivals and stuff, like to sample like different huh. cuisines and stuff. And All right, so we already have a heritage. Type. It's not it's not it's not located in one area. That's what you're trying to get at. Though. Yeah, exactly. It's like all over. So it's you're meant to travel around using our public transit. Oh. Because it's all it's all accessible by sea train. That's a, that's the big selling I see. point of it. Okay. Can you even get to the Global Fest site by sea train? No. I haven't uh, gone out that far. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you're probably getting a sense that Calgary is kind of spread out and hard to get around by public transit. And if you're thinking uh, that... Unless you're in the downtown area core. Right. In which case, it's fantastic and free. Uh, anything outside of the core, and you're going to have to be get Google Maps for your phone. Any, anything really <laughs> past Glenmore Trail is inaccessible via... Because Glenmore... Cause, uh, if you can get to Chinook Center, you can get pretty much anywhere. So yeah, it's kind of like the hub of where things start to break off. And it just it blows my mind. I've been taking a lot of transit the past eight months. I was going to ask you how Buy Nothing Year is coming along. Yeah, um, it's been really interesting. This is mostly we're just catching up. We're all, yeah, it, it's almost nine months in. Uh, my roommate and I are doing a project called Buy Nothing Year. BuyNothingYear dot com for those. I was, so, more? I, I was so close to doing the buy, buy everything year Twitter and just showing off things I bought because <laughs> I got that new car. I didn't want to get that. I didn't want to get a new car because I've been looking for like a condo. Okay, to, like, cool. To actually buy nice. stuff because like, I'm, I'm tired of renting and I want some place to actually call home. Yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. But, uh, well, once you finish buying another year, you should have all this money to put down a nice down payment. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I'm going to buy so much. <laughs> You're like right across the street from Peter's drive-in, too. So I know. It must be tempting you all the time. All the time. The thing with buy nothing year for me. Um, I'm surprised it's la you've lasted this long. To be well, honest. okay. The truth is um, I've slipped. <laughs> Not major slip, I hope. No. no major slips. The thing I slip on is like eating out and yeah. going for coffees and visiting yeah. with friends and yeah. stuff like that. You know, for for a time, people were really generous and would just sort of treat me. And then you reach a point, and your friends are like, "Okay, I don't want to always be buying you dinner yeah. just to hang out." And people like going out. Yeah. Not everybody wants to hang out in the next end atrium by the koi pond with me. And. I get that. Um, and then I also realized I really like going out to arts and culture events. I like seeing movies and I like going to plays and stuff. And mm -hmm. I was volunteering a lot for the first six, seven months mm -hmm. and was really kind of getting burnt out because I wasn't actually going and enjoying the culture. I was just showing up, volunteering or working, not seeing actually, the show, volunteering. Not, not actually 
like enjoying it. You're just there. I was always working. Yeah. So that was a big epiphany for me. But the the major thing is I haven't bought anything from a store or even secondhand or off Kijiji or anything since last August 3rd. See, I thought you would have slipped because of the weather, like finding like warmer public tran like transit type stuff. Because you were riding your bike and you were Twitter like you were tweeting pictures of like the view and stuff for a while. Yeah. But I thought the cold weather would have like broke you and you just yeah got, like a car to go like pass or something. Well, you were wrong. Actually, I had a car to go pass anyway. I've always wanted to try that, just but I got my new car, so you might as well just use drive. your car. Yeah. yeah, car to go is kind of fun. It's peppy. Yeah. Well, because my sister lives downtown, you see all the cardigos like parked everywhere and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it's a really. I mean, I don't think it's a cardigo actually cut me off the other day. Actually, yeah, a little tiny cardigo. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I didn't see him coming. That was the thing. Like, but like, I got a Ford Escape, so it's roughly about like the reason I got the Escape is because my old car. It was a certain size, and I, I liked that size. I just wanted to be higher up on the ground and stuff, but he was coming in through my blind spot and stuff. So Yeah, got to watch out for those little cardigos. Those things are fast. They are. When they want to be fast, but... Peppy. Yeah. Um, are you enjoying your new vehicle, though? Yes, yes. quite. It's it's good that I don't have to bring it in for, like, $1,000 repairs every six months and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I ran into, like, major trouble with my credit card because I was throwing, like, like I had to put these repairs on my credit card and I'm trying to pay it down, but like, it's impossible just to like, you're paying like just cause all the interest and stuff built up. And like, so I had to take a loan out from the bank to just, Fix I got rid card. of that. I got <laughs> rid of that card and it's officially, I'm done with it. So I'm paying back the bank, but uh, I got a new card and it's, I'm using it for like parking and just like things that I need to yeah. use the card for. But, Thank uh, goodness. Yeah. Hey, so you wrote that episode of uh, University... University TV. TV. That's what we're calling it, yeah. Cool. Um, How's that coming? We're going to... Uh, uh, I got a co-writer on it. He actually helped me fix like some of the big problems with some of the characters and stuff. And or We're actually going to submit it for the Just for Laughs uh, pitch cool. fest. That's awesome. And yeah. where's that? Is that in Montreal? Yep. It's uh, they have this big like comedy professional comedy like summit thing. Cool. So they, it's just all the business of comedy and stuff. And there's two uh, pitch things. We're submitting it as a web series. Okay. So we're gonna take the best parts of the script and submit that, and then you have to submit budgets and like, four extra episodes, which we already planned out and stuff. Nice. Like so we, it sounds like you're very prepared. Yeah, I'm just kind of we're just kind of going through the final drafts of the script. Like I think we're on draft ten and stuff. So Who's this? person who's helping you uh you've never met him but he's a new tv member and he's cool he's a film major so it's kind of like he's like can i take a stab at this i'm like, sure i'm kind of stuck and he sent me like six pages of like quality stuff and i just took out and put it in and it was good awesome like the script's almost done it's we're, it's in a good place uh we tried to cast we like had some auditions but nobody showed up and stuff but it's not, <laughs> it wasn't like it was kind of hard because people were in and out and I was in Portland for a week and right. stuff like so it was kind of hard to get that off the ground just with like no money and stuff involved right but uh, if uh, as we're submitting as a web series so if we uh, if we're selected we have to actually go to Montreal and the benefit of this new credit card is they gave me enough points to take my flight out you just got to find a hotel which is no problem cool uh, and we're gonna we have to actually pitch it in front of a panel whoa so, that would be an amazing experience yeah hmm 
I, there's also some other projects I have on the go and stuff, and one's a new TV show. Oh, cool. What's yeah. that? Uh, uh, have you have you seen the live shows? No, I haven't yet. Okay. There's one on Tuesday, so. Okay. I don't know the link. Don't ask me. <laughs> um, we usually have comedians on the live show, and uh, it, they're hit and miss and stuff. It's mostly just because it's not the crowd for comedy. Right. Uh, so what we what I have pitched is uh, thirty to forty minute like live like comedy show like stand up show and I would be the host and we would do it off campus and stuff or like we're one of the suggestions was like possibly doing it at the den on their stage and stuff and that'd be cool. Uh, so it'd be thirty minutes, thirty mostly more likely an hour of uh, comedy and it wouldn't be just stand up. Uh, we have uh, uh, we would have improv people and stuff just like the wide spectrum of comedy and it'd be for a comedy audience. Right. And it would so eliminate... people are there because they want to laugh at jokes. Yeah, and it would be the way I have it pitched is it'd be like a monthly type special so we can take the comedy acts off the live show because they have like two extra shows like one's a cooking segment and the other one's like called Risk of Award where they uh, highlight like people in the business community or somebody that's taken a risk and it's paid off for them. Uh, they had somebody on a couple of weeks ago. She was like a former track... Uh, uh, speed skater and she had like a brain aneurysm or something so she started this charity and it's pretty successful i can't remember her name though it's on youtube <laughs> sounds very memorable um cool that sounds like fun yeah and mostly mostly just writing and trying to stay busy yeah it's, it's hard that's what, that's why i kind of approach you the, like when did i approach you with this idea like november yep like i need to do something and like uh, i thought this would be a good idea yeah, and how long do you want each episode to be? Uh, we're almost at twenty minutes now. Like, right. just catching up. Yeah, I we feel like we're just catching up. And we haven't even got to the topic that we're gonna. So it's most likely we're gonna go over an hour for most of the episodes. So. Okay. See, because for me, I feel like what we've talked about so far wouldn't mean very much to other people. No, but or the listeners. It's mostly getting to know us, but they're gonna get to know us with this topic and stuff. So. Right. Yeah, because I like it. Be I like the entrance point being through. Uh, like a topic or a question mm -hmm. that we have to really dive into. And we'll, we'll have guests and stuff. All right. Yeah. But just this first episode is mostly just getting to know us. Right. And why they should listen. Because we're, I would, we're like kind of like the exact same person, just like opposite past, like that we've taken. But like, yeah, we've like have very similar backgrounds. That's true. Like, you're like the Edmonton version of me. Right. Because you went to Nate, I went to Sate. We both met up at the University of Calgary and stuff. That's true. So. Though I've lived in Calgary for almost six years. Yeah. I I feel... Well, we met five years ago, so... We did. Yeah. I feel like I identify as a Calgarian. I would imagine you identify now, but like, like the path we took to get here is oddly similar. That's so. true. Though I sort of wish we had done this pod, like one podcast five years ago, and then we could... Why didn't we do that? We should have done that. Because I didn't think of it. John. I don't have a time machine. I, then, can't, I can't hit the DeLorean back to, take it to 88 and go back in time. That would have been awesome. You know, because then we could play off things we said. We could go back five years ago and then say, okay, what were you thinking there? Speaking of the DeLorean, I saw a DeLorean when I was in, like, Oregon, like, on the highway, and I was trying to race it. So You did? I was trying to race it because we were on, like, it was like an 80, like, mile per hour, like, road, and that's, like, 120 kilometers. Because I was going down to the university, of, so I saw this DeLorean. I was trying to race it, but he beat me. Wow! So I, I don't know if I've seen a DeLorean in person. You don't see many on the road, no. Because they most people do the Back to the Future thing, and 
was uh, at the comic book expo last year, and they, uh, they, some guy fixed up a DeLorean to look like the Back to the Future thing, and you can get your photo taken, and all the money went to the Michael J. Fox Foundation and stuff. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You should do this podcast maybe as like a, a little time capsule that then five years from now, since we can't go back to five years ago, mm-hmm. we should talk to our future selves. So I'll be 34. I'll be 32, so. Yeah. And we can say things, but where we think we're going to be then, then we can revisit this podcast. Well, let's 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 start with our let's let's actually move into the topic. I think we've caught up. Okay. I think we're pretty much caught up to the point where the last time I saw you, which was before I went to Portland, so. Yep. Okay. But like that's, uh, so we've known each other for five years, like summer of '09, back when we were APs at New TV. Yes. Uh, that fateful summer. That fateful summer. So five years ago, we were kind of had. We were very in, at similar points, like we were in the midst of school, yep. like earning our degrees and stuff. And like that summer, like we kind of expected to be doing things. Uh, so the topic this time around is like yep. five years later now, because uh, do you think you are what you wanted to be five years ago? I think, honestly, I think you are more closer to what, because <laughs> you've been actually doing things and stuff like that. I have been doing things. I've had a really interesting past five years. Yeah. Um, I can't believe how fast it's yeah. gone by. I was thinking, like, that's why I kind of was thinking about this topic, because it's been, it's hard to believe it's been five years since. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, if you asked me five years ago where I thought I would be right now, um, I would have given you a different answer mm-hmm. than where I currently sit. Yeah. But... I feel like it's been really fun yeah. and I feel like I've been able to do a lot of really cool stuff. I, I would have probably expected that I would be living in Toronto mm-hmm. cause that was sort of my plan. Um, I, I thought I would have gone back into TV news broadcast somehow. I didn't do that. And, uh, I, I probably would have thought that I would be in a relationship. <laughs> so, <laughs> Three things are really different than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'm, you know, 2014 and I'm living in Calgary and it's been an amazing five years. Yeah, but you've done a lot. Like you were all over the place. You were involved with Calgary 2012. Yep. Uh, like, like the interesting thing is like we've known each other five years. We've gone like separate paths, but we've always kind of crisscrossed at certain points. That's true. And we've stayed in touch. Yeah. Like... I don't have, like, I have lots of what I call acquaintances. I don't actually have many true friends. Yeah. And I do consider you, like, one of my true friends. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, somebody that I, I constantly check in on and stuff. Like, I've met a lot of people in my time, but, like, there's not many people from my say class I can consider, like, a true friend. Well, but think about the summer that we had at NUTC. Yeah. We bonded, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, and obviously, you feel comfortable enough to make fun of me publicly on the internet. And that's if that's not friendship, John. What huh. is? I make yeah, it's it's fun to do because I know because you're a good sport about it. That's the funny thing about it. You're like, and you retweet it. That's the fun, <laughs> funny. Like, like I started making fun of you because I was surprised at like how many Twitter followers you actually have. I, I actually haven't used like hardcore Twitter till like starting till it went last year when I started making fun of you publicly. Yep. <laughs> I just kind of had it, and so now I'm up to fifty five. Is that is this your primary 
um, activity on Twitter is Blame Julie Fridays? No, it's mostly me self-promoting the new TV stuff. Okay. Because that's what they kind of asked me to do in the fall. Okay. Just because I've kind of stepped back from production because like I have dynamite's over and yeah, uh, I it was mostly I ended it uh, without like a proper goodbye, but uh, which is I kind of regret not giving it like a proper goodbye. But what can you do? And I'm I've been pitching this. I've been working on this new show, so it's not too late to give dynamite a proper goodbye, is it? It's uh, it's kind of is just because every we're doing live shows every two weeks now and stuff. So you could do a montage someday. Yeah, uh, maybe this summer. Yeah, it had a good run. Five years. I did five years of it. Like that was more surprising that it lasted that long. And yeah. It was mostly me for like three and a half of it. <laughs> like I actually got like a crew in my last year. Dynamite was awesome. That that, that allowed me to try a bunch of new like that kind of helped me with my writing and stuff. That's where I kind of learned how to like actually writing and stuff. And to host. Yeah. I'm... And to do great editing and graphics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know who we should get on our show. Who. Cannon. Did you hear what he was been doing for the last couple, last week? He was uh, uh, with that Red Bull thing. Yeah. Yeah. Without money. No, they had Red Bull cans as currency. Yeah. And they they've had, been in Europe or where are they? they had, it was a race. They had to get to Berlin. Oh my god. And it was a week, and they started in London. Oh my god. And I think they finished eighth in the total amount of cans traded or something. Or I can't <laughs> remember. But speaking of Ben Cannon, I want him on my. I want him to like headline the actual first like comedy show. Yeah. Because I feel bad for him for the last time we did comedy on new TV. Um, it's a funny story. It's I find it funny because I tweeted afterwards like new TV the place where comedy goes to die. Because what happened was we had this singer and she brought like a twenty person entourage. What? And her like fans and stuff. And right after her first song, Ben was right up. And like most of them left, so it was just like two people in the crowd and Ben doing comedy, and he. With no audience. With no audience. And it was like, I felt so bad. So I want him to headline the first show just it's like, sorry, Ben. People know you're funny. I just want to show people that (laughs) an audience will laugh at your stuff. It was very awkward. I can imagine. Because you do a joke and you're expecting like the punchline. So he's just sitting there looking out. Dead silence. (laughs) So Yeah, well, it's kind of. Like doing a podcast in a way. You don't really know who's listening. You don't know if they're getting anything out of it. I, w- I hope nobody gets anything out of this other than we're just kind of weird people a little bit. Yeah. See, that's okay. So, where did you think you would be five years from the day we met? I honestly thought I'd be working like in TV and stuff. Like, I've this is kind of weird because I've been thinking about this for a while. It's like, like it's been almost eight years since Satan. I haven't like I can't even get in the front door in most of these places. I've had like four interviews in eight years. Wow! Like I've sent out resume after resume, demo reel after demo reel. It's like I'm kind of starting to think: Is this the career I actually wanted to do? Right. So and now I'm stuck at a warehouse job where it's not like I don't mind the people. It's just not what I want to do. It's most not your passion. No, I don't want to do paperwork or pack orders and stuff. It's kind of like a waste of my time most days. That's how it feels. Yeah. And, like, I sunk, like, almost 20 grand into an education. I'm not getting what I thought I would get out of it. You, you on the other end, has, like, used your, like, communications degree and stuff I like think that. I'm probably more pushy than you, though. Well, that's, that's never been my strong suit. I've always been, like, the – I like being behind the scenes and stuff. I don't like being in the limelight. And I've, that's why I kind of created the local celebrity persona that I 
use on TV. It's, it's the complete opposite of what I do. I'm more <laughs> outgoing and stuff. And thank you. I thought this is where it kind of gets interesting because uh, it's next month. It's ten years since I graduated high school. Whoa! <laughs> Are you gonna have a reunion? Do you think? Uh, I think there is a reunion. I'm not gonna go to it because I know what most of the friends that I have either in long-term relationships or got married and had kids and i'm still me <laughs> so like it's not i like that's something i wanted but i kind of put it on the back burner just because i never thought i would get a like a university degree and stuff like i was not a smart guy in high school yeah. like if i if i was bored by a subject i would stop paying attention and stuff like i got 51 in math applied right <laughs> i don't and that's where that's where i actually learned why i'm, I'm the way i am if i'm not interested in a subject i just tune it out Right. So university actually helped me learn, like, why I'm – it was stuff I'm actually interested in. Mm-hmm. Like, I will pay attention if I'm actually interested in the subject. Because my university marks were – a lot of classes were in the Bs and As and some of them. Cool. So. And so I wonder, is there any way you can take what you got out of that university and apply it towards something else that maybe that isn't pure broadcast, right? Yeah, that's why I'm that's – why this is i'm kind of at a crossroads now it's like what do i want to do mm-hmm. like, uh like i like certain things and i like that's why i kind of had the idea for a podcast it's it's a chance for me to get a lot of stuff off my chest and stuff and there's no repercussions of like a boss or anything because i'm my own boss mm-hmm. and that's why i kind of did the t-shirt design stuff like i'm i do t-shirt designs in my spare time that's awesome. Like, I average, like, 300 bucks a month in sales. I run an online store with most of my designs in it and stuff. And I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's. I started doing that, like, two and a half years ago. Awesome. And it's kind of, like, a little side thing, and it's good money. And it's where most of my money for my house. Like, I sold, I've sold, like, a T-shirt to a design to, you, you know the website, The Chive? Yeah. I've sold a design to them. Cool. I made a 1000 bucks off of that. Um, uh, I did a design that made 1500 bucks in a day and stuff like most of the money that i have in my account is for my house is from my t-shirts that's awesome see this is where this innovation streak in you i think is really amazing and you're taking all these different sorts of mediums Mm -hmm. and working with them like i would say i think that the media scape is changing quite a lot and i think we're in the midst of it right that's it's it's the innovation of youtube like before you had to be specialized in like editing and stuff you had to go to school now anybody with a camera and a like a half decent editing software can have like what like six million views on youtube yeah and any schmo with a bunch of equipment for a podcast can just put something together yeah like that's the thing that's so i'm kind of at a crossroads like i want like all this stuff like like what if you could define it or break it down what would it be i just want to like i want to do something where i met i like feel like i'm actually like this is what I paid for for university and stuff. I'm not saying, like, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I was going to ask the question, like, for the podcast, like, do you think you got what you paid for with education? Because so, I watched a documentary on CBC. They classify our generation now as the lost generation because we go to all this university and stuff and we get out there and there's no jobs for us anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fed the lie that we have to go to university to get a good job, but that's not the case anymore. Where most people are entrepreneurs and they try to do stuff themselves and stuff. And you really don't need to go to you. It helps. Like I wouldn't give my, I would not trade my university education for anything. I had a great time there. Like I met people like you and like all the people I've met at new TV and stuff. Yep. So 
I, I kind of, I was, I've been kind of feeling a part of that lost generation. Like, what do I want to do now? It's like, huh. you see all these people that drop like twenty thousand dollars into their education. They're baristas. Yeah. And they're not happy. Right. But I also think, I mean, that the education um, or higher ed, it frames your thinking. Yeah. It gets you to think and challenge things yeah. and gives you so much knowledge and the ability to learn and teach yourself how to learn mm-hmm. new things. Like, I really feel confident. Like, I could pick up a new subject and at least have a framework for how to learn that mm-hmm. new thing in a self-directed kind of way. Mm-hmm. But I guess... One thing I found is that when I finished university, I kind of just got out there and started working. And it was only this year that I took a continuing ed course that I really got back into the classroom, into the study habit again. I've got a study group that I work with and readings and homework, and I really love it. And I forgot how much I loved learning like that. And I forgot that at a certain, you know, when you're in high school and then you go through university, you're just in this habit and you're in this classroom. And I kind of took it for granted how much I was learning all the time and how much that really challenges your thinking and opens your mind. And then coming back to it now, I realize you have to be really active in your learning as you get farther away from university. If you're not going to go into a master's program or something, mm-hmm. you still have to apply yourself to different things, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I hope that I'm always learning as I go through life. I think that's one of the best well, I, gifts I, you can give yourself. I'd imagine if you stop learning, what's the point of living then? Like you, I learned, you know, most people learn something new every day. It may be useless knowledge, but it's something. <laughs> but I wonder how many people are consciously learning. Yeah. Um, deliberately putting themselves in situations where they're uncomfortable and they're beginners at things. Like I, I do think a lot of people kind of stagnate and, and you get see, into a flow. Like you do see it at the university. Like, there's people that are just there just because they have to be there. That's, That's what true. their parents are paying for it. So they don't want to be there. They'd rather be doing something else, but their parents pay for it. So they might as well indulge their parents and stuff. Yeah. Like, or hold off on making a decision. Yeah. It's gone are the days where like essentially it's a diploma mill. Most universities are, it's not, it's not a bad thing. They're making their money and stuff, but kind of devalues the, your, my degree, your degree and stuff. Like the, the biggest problem the university has now is the fact that they did that huge arts amalgamation. You think so? I honestly do because they – How come? Well, if you look at it, they amalgamated like the social sciences and stuff. And like I've heard from people that have, take ecology and stuff. They can't – they're getting laughed at at job interviews because they're, they're things as Bachelor of Arts. It doesn't say Bachelor of Psychology or anything like that. It says Bachelor of Arts. Okay. Like they're not being taken seriously because – it's poorly named. That's the problem. Like, and the university doesn't care. They just want their money and stuff. But it, it's an institutional failure there. Like, if they named it the like Faculty of Humanities, it would sound a little better. But what what is the first thing you think of when you think of fat Bachelor of Arts? Well, I'm gonna probably have a different answer than most people. Well, just <laughs> just like like take yourself out of it. Just like if you were in a job interview and. Here's somebody with a Bachelor of Arts degree. What do you think I they think did? Bachelor of Arts are so valuable for opening people's minds to different ways of thinking mm-hmm. and history. And it's a great way to see the world. Like, it's something that we, I think, culturally is undervalued. But I, I don't think that that's anything to do with, um, I think that's perception. But you got to look at the, like, the past generation, though. Like, what do you, like... Their mindset is Bachelor of Arts, oh, they probably dicked around doing dance for four years. But also, I think there's also problems with how 
the generations before us see our generation yeah. in general. I don't think it has ever, very much to do with what degree you yeah. have stamped on your certificate. I mean, they, they think uh, a lot of them think that most kids are lazy because they move back in with their parents and stuff. Not the case, just because they can't get a job and they want. I'm sure they would rather live on their own, but they can't afford it. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing. I that's what's looked down on. Somebody asked me to look at a presentation that she was uh, she was going to be presenting. These different businesses said, "Okay, we need we need to train millennials. We need a how to work with you know. We need to get the millennials so they stop checking Facebook throughout the day, whatever." And so they said, "Can you look through this presentation, Julie, uh, before we start presenting it?" And it was so condescending. It was all about it was all of these horrible perceptions of millennials and our use of technology and how we communicate with each other. And they find this is, I don't know who, this anonymous sort of baby boomer person <laughs> who's having trouble it's connecting with uh, multiple generations in their workplace. And instead of viewing it as a conversation that has to happen intergenerationally, they're saying millennials need to learn how to be more like us. And you need to learn how to be appropriate, need to dress appropriate, speak appropriate, use technology appropriate. But what they're not realizing, I think, is that there's multiple ways of communicating now that the landscape is just more complicated. And so it's not about trying to morph everyone into this old traditional way of being in an office and working throughout the day. It's about finding new solutions. Gone, gone are the days of the cubicle. Right. Cubicle work doesn't. That's what most millennials have a problem with. It's cubicle work. They'd rather be out on the streets, like, telling people about this product and stuff. Well, I, I think there's all kinds of different jobs out there. I mean, yeah. I look at – I mean, not everyone wants to work in a place like Google. No, not everybody not, wants not, to be not, an engineer. Not, not everyone wants to be in medicine. Not everybody can work at Google. That's the thing. Right. But even that model, even that kind of, like, innovation yeah. atmosphere with those – I've never been to their campus, but I've just seen pictures, you know, where you think, wow, it's so cool. People can go and play foosball during the day, and there's all these breakout rooms, and everything's super colorful and open and expansive. I mean, there, I think there's different styles of workplace that work for different types of jobs, honestly. I don't think we're past the cubicle. No, but uh, that's kind of the non-appeal for millennials is the cubicle thing. They'd rather be doing creative. I don't know. I think Like, would you want to be in a cubicle all day? No, but I mean, imagine if I was sitting there working on um, – geological surveying or something i mean would it matter if i'm sitting at a in a beautiful open concept office or in a cubicle or an office with a door on it i mean it depends on the nature of your work i think mm -hmm. yeah, i forgot what we were talking about just kind of went on a people hating millennials <laughs> baby boomers hating millennials mostly yeah. i think gen xers hate us too we're like we're in a weird we're like we're in a weird like we're, well, we're not I, quite millennials and we're not quite Gen X. I don't, I don't identify with Gen X. I, I, I identify know. more as a millennial, but only in the past couple of years once I started learning what an, a millennial actually is yeah. or is defined as. Yeah. I, I don't identify with many things just because, yeah, that's how I am. Hmm. I'm do myself. You, do you know your Myers-Briggs? Hmm? Have you ever done the Myers-Briggs personality test? No. You should do it for next episode i'd be interested send me a link okay it's just i mean i i wonder how much is really like generational differences and how much is just personality differences yeah you know i don't know i think different mentalities of people and different the opportunities that come up in your life kind of dictate where you end up working and 
you know, the lifestyle you end up leading. And I just, I don't know enough about it to really comment on, you know, the difference between that and being a product of your generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we should get back on topic where we thought we would be in five. <laughs> well, not thinking about this. Like, like I was saying, like it's uh, ten years since I graduated high school, and like yeah. I've, like I shouldn't be at a crossroads of what I want to do. Like ten years past high school, like I don't know what my career path is. I don't know what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have a per like I, I purposely sacrificed personal life just to. What drives you? What drives me? Like that's the thing. I don't know what drives me anymore. I don't like getting up in the morning most days and looking in the mirror because mm. it's the same thing every day most days. feels very monotonous. Yeah. So you have to find that, that thing that lights you up, yeah. like that fire. And I, it's, and I, it, like, part of why I don't know what it drives me anymore is because I really don't have a good support system for my friends and stuff. Because mm -hmm. my friends question, well, why do you keep going into the university to do the TV thing? Because I like the people there. Yeah. Like, that's the best part of my week is going to the production meetings and stuff. I'd rather be there than at work because it's – I like seeing people be creative and stuff. Like, you should see some of the programming on that new TV. Like, bite me. It's very – like, when we were there, do you think that would have been something? Like, you, you should watch it before. Like, it was something – wouldn't even dreamed of five years ago when we were there. We were just, like, starting to crack the surface of, like, live shows mm -hmm. and stuff like that. What does bite mean? It's the cooking show. Cool. It's really cool. Like, they're very creative. Like, the people that are on the staff are... And, like, there's the talks now. They want to do a weekly live show. Wow. Like, Full Frontal will go weekly. And, like, I want to be part of that, like, conversation because, like, I've suggested to, like, Dominique and, like, people like that, like, the executive, like, we're going to... You're going to have to do it new style. There's going to have to be, like, small new style teams if we want to get the content from week to week. Yeah. So... I want to be part of that conversation, but like I'm stuck at work from nine to five. That's the problem. Right. And I want to do my comedy show and stuff. Like it's just something different. Like, I like challenging myself. That's why I like. That's why I'm kind of like starting to gravitate towards like stand up comedy and stuff. Cool. Like I, on my phone, I have a, this huge like joke list of stuff that I've been like creating and stuff. One of my actual jokes is, it would be for like the live show, like the introduction. It's like, it's, well, it's been ten years since high school and. I don't, uh, like, compare, like, because most of my classmates, they got married and had kids and stuff. Like, they're personally happy. And, like, the joke would be, it's like, who's more successful, them for being personally happy and having careers, or for me hosting a crappy comedy <laughs> show here on the Internet? I'll let you decide. <laughs> like, stuff like that. John, it's like you're, a, you're kind of a perfect voice for this lost generation, in a way. This person who, you know, really found something out of high school that lit you up, that you were really drawn to and excited about, just at the time when the economy flipped and mediascape changed. And I, I, <laughs> I, I came to the realization a couple of weeks ago that I came out of state at the wrong time. I was 17 when I went into state, and I was 19 when I came out. I had no money. I had no car. I didn't have my license. I didn't get my license until like four years ago. Yeah. Because I didn't have the time because I would work every summer to pay my tuition. I had worked like three jobs yeah. to pay tuition. It's like, so who's gonna hire me? I can't move. I don't have any money. Like, so I like I was stuck here in town, and I, I would have done anything. I would have done like the graveyard shifts for master control. I couldn't get my foot into the door. Right. So I've been scraggling along. Like I've been like I've I've honestly I think I sent out like over 250 resumes and demo reels. Yeah. 
And to have four, well, I say I've had four interviews. I've had like literally like three because the one, I don't want to say the company name, but they called me in just to meet me. Okay. So I got dressed up and like thinking I would have an interview and stuff. Like the, the interview lasted like five minutes. Like, thanks for wasting my time. Uh, that's really disappointing. Yeah. Well, and that's it. Like I found actually volunteering was one of the best things I did. And I took a lot of people out for coffee information interviews mm-hmm. and volunteering and you know what's funny is i actually haven't stopped doing that i wouldn't i wouldn't expect you would stop because you're the kind of you're the more like out of the two of us you're the mo- more outgoing like you're like the opposite of me i like staying well that's why i'm curious of your myers-briggs profile because yeah. what it does so it's a big questionnaire and you answer all these questions about yourself and then it tells you you know if you're an introvert or an extrovert if you're intuitive or you're sensing and based on your profile, then it gives you kind of tips for working with other people. And I'm great with, like, when I'm working with other people, I'm great. Like, I don't mind working with other people. It's just, like, it's that getting over that first hump of trying to break the ice and stuff. Because the one thing I really don't like talking about is myself. Right. Like, that's not something I really like doing. Unless you're on a podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't care. Like, a couple of weeks ago, we were at New TV. We were there till like, 4 in the morning, and we were just talking about it. Like, there was a big group of us. We were just talking about ourselves. And that was a good thing just to get off my chest. Yeah. That's when I kind of came to the realization. It's like, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. And sometimes you can only really realize certain things by saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. That's what I find, too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of... I've kind of always thought if I was in an actual relationship, that there would be that support system because they would care. Yeah. Like, I can't I can't go to my family with this because they just and I, my friends wouldn't care so it's kind of hard I try to keep it to myself but talking to similar people it's kind of easier like minds right yeah well that's where it sounds like you're very self-aware about the things that are challenges for you and the things that you kind of need to get in place like what I'm hearing is support system is going to be important mm-hmm. to help you at least just have something to some people to bounce things off of mm-hmm. that actually care about the outcome for you mm-hmm. and want things to improve <laughs> instead of just doubting your choices all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful, you know? And that you want to do something that's related to your field of study, which I think makes total sense, especially because it sounds like in high school you weren't finding that resonance in any subjects really. And the fact that you've done so many creative projects on the side for no pay. <laughs> or a little pay. <laughs> or a little pay. <laughs> you know, that have been, I think, really interesting and cool, good quality and innovative. Like, uh, the, like most of my freelance work is dried up. Like, there's no, like, freelance editing work anymore. Like, since I lost that Dino's contract, there has been very few, like, opportunities that have come across my way. Yeah. So. Hmm. That's, yeah, like, I don't know. I, what I find is helpful for myself it, is thinking about the things that I do that I really like and that give me that feeling that I want, you know? That idea of, I don't know, it's different for every person, right? The qualities of an experience that you really feel like you're in your flow and you're really enjoying. And then try to find a way to make money at it <laughs> or find it in a career, you like, know? Like, that's the hard part, like, find like, like getting paid for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like the, the, the script thing, like if like we actually get chosen, we get our web series produced for, yeah. And that's going to be something. Yep. But at the same time, you can't put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah. And that's why I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I want to, like, I want to try it. I, I've been kind of looking for an excuse to get back to Montreal. 
Oh, yeah. That's my favorite city in the entire. Like, I love that place. I've been there twice, and I've, every both times have been great. What do you like about it? It's uh, well, the first time I was there, I was there for like a weekend. Then the second time, I specifically went for just for laughs because it's a. But there's always something going on, and it doesn't matter. Like they're a festival kind of city. Because mm-hmm. right after just for laughs is their ju- huge like jazz festival, and after that it's like another like music festival and stuff. But there's always something going on, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. The people are nice. If you if you, the thing about Montreal, if you if you greet them in English, they'll talk to you in English. If you're like my friend who made the stupid mistake of trying to greet them in French, they go into their French, and he's just like. I, I don't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> I got bonjour. That's it. Like you, you can like thank them in French, because yeah. But like I, I love Montreal. Like it's a good place to go, especially if you're going there for a specific reason. Yeah. Because you can just walk around and there's always something related to what's going on. Cool. Like just for laughs, it's a huge like it's a huge like comedy festival. So they have the main shows at the big theater, but there's always club shows going on. So you pop into one of the club shows. Totally. Some of the club shows are better than the actual, like, festival shows. I've heard that. Like, have you – so do you have any mentors? Have you found any mentors since Sate? No. It's kind of hard to relate, like, my struggles to – because most of the people that I know, they they had the money to go. Like, um, the one person I want kind of want to get on – like, I'm, I want to start my own solo podcast – like once I get my like living situation fixed up and stuff, but one person I want to talk to is one of my classmates, and he's a comic book artist. Cool. He didn't. He went to TV just to figure out how to learn how to write. Yeah. But he, like we, he he's gonna be at the Calgary Expo. He's got a. He's always an artist alley and stuff, but he's a comic book artist. That's his passion. I want to talk to him because like we've been friends for literally almost eight years, and we like he's another good friend. Like we always kind of stay in touch and stuff. Like he's helped me with projects in the past and stuff, but. I don't have any mentors because it's kind of hard to, like, match up with my situation. Right. But I think the joy of a mentor is that you can kind of leave your situation behind because you're learning from them. Mm -hmm. And you're just asking them good questions, not how to get out of what you're in, but how did they get into what they're in now? Yeah. I would suggest taking a few people out for coffee. I don't drink coffee. No, you know what I mean. (laughs) Friend, my roommate that I live in his basement, he's always like, you should drink coffee. You always seem so tired and stuff. I don't <laughs> drink coffee. That's a whole other issue of why I don't I like. I, I really don't sleep much. Really? I'm always, like, I think I get a good, like, five hours of sleep if combined because I'm always, like, I wake up in the middle of the night, can't explain it, and I don't want to go to, like, an actual doctor to get medicated for How it. come? Because I don't want to be, like... <laughs> you got to take your health under your own control, man. Like, I don't... And this is kind of, like, a recent problem, too. Like, I haven't, like, had an actual good night's sleep since, like, middle of january oh my i think it's just because i think it's the stress like it sounds like it just because like i'm stressed out because of the shitty job situation i'm trying to find a place and i can't like if i had three offers in on places and like i pulled one offer because there was a whole bunch of problems that needed to be done in the building and then the two they really don't want to negotiate so i'm trying to get like my life set straight like in like a like even if uh, like a housing situation and stuff Hmm. where i know i'm not renting and it's my own place yeah stuff so i think i'm just stressed out seems like it and like have you tried any meditation uh i'm assuming it would be good but it's kind of hard to find the time because most of the time i'm like either worked or like i'm so exhausted from work there's no i can't fall asleep so i work on other projects like my t-shirts and stuff yeah like what i do is i throw myself into my work you're at a real crossroads it sounds like this is why this podcast is good it's a good way to get it off my chest yeah like like i don't care who's listening 
<laughs> many people, but it's out there now. Yeah, and it's a huge burden off me now. But well, but then also you have to take action because yeah. <laughs> you're making all these. You're like, I'm dissatisfied. These are the things in my life I don't like, and whose whose job is it to fix it? Well, I feel like if I can eliminate one of the big stress problems, and that's mostly the house, then I can actually focus on something. Because if I'm like not searching for a place to live and I'm in a comfortable place, I can actually take time to figure out what I want to do. Yeah, and get into that those healthy routines, right? With good meals and good sleep, and I don't, it's just yeah. It's, I think I'm just stressed out, and I know I'm stressed out. Even a vacation would help. Yep, and you got to learn how to breathe, man. I can't breathe right now. I've like, got my sinus infection. But... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh... but you got to be able to sense your resistances to, to change, right? Yeah. I like, like I know I want to change, but it's kind of I need to figure out something to start the change. Yep. So. And then once that gets going, I mean, it's interesting how that kind of clicks. Yeah. And then the next thing clicks. And then, yeah. you know, I think you're always going to come across blocks in your life mm-hmm. and things that are going to change the direction. But the the beauty, and I mean, there's so many quotes to this effect, the fall down seven times, get up eight. You know, like you have to keep moving. You have to keep moving forward in some direction. And then that momentum is really attractive right? It's attractive because people want to be part of that. They see that you're up to stuff and they're like, wow, I want to help you or what are you doing? That seems interesting. That's one of the benefits of being at new TV because they, most of my ideas that people like want to attach themselves to. Yeah. Like it's very motivating. Kevin that I told you about, he's, he's like the technical director kind of guy now. Cool. And so he's going to help on the live show part of that. And he thought the comedy idea was a great idea and stuff, but yeah. I like being around those kind of people, the the people that actually care what I do. Yeah. So. Well, you got one more here. I got. <laughs> I can always ba- I always bounce ideas off of you. And stuff. Yeah. So, but it sounds like you need something like to get you out of that warehouse. I mean, that sounds like something that's really gonna over time impact you personally. I would like to leave, but it's good pay. Like it's keeping me afloat. Like, but I think as long as you're conscious of that and you know th- why you're there and what you're liking about it now, then you can find happiness in that. And then, the, like, the people there, they know I have no interest in this, like, what I'm doing. As a lifelong yeah. career path. Yeah. What do you think? Like, do you want to stay and keep your hopes up on television or keep it as a hobby and pursue something different? Like, there's That's so much in the world. That's that's why I'm at the kind of crossroads. Like I don't know what I want to do just yet. Like I still want to keep uh, attached to this TV thing, but I know I'm kind of running out of time when it comes to like an actual career and stuff. Yeah. So I like, hmm. like I know it's what I wanted to do, but that's why I went and did it. Like it's what interested me when I t- took that tour of Sate. What did you do? Uh, or yeah, what was it that lit up for you when you did that tour? Like, I've always had an interest in TV, and, like, me and my friends, we made, like, movies and stuff when we were kids and stuff, so there's always been that creative, like, side of myself, and there's, hasn't really, like, during my schooling, there hasn't been really any programs and stuff, like, that can fuel that creativity. Like, I didn't even think I was going to get into, say, going through that job, that interview process, because most of the other people, they had, like, these kind of, like, small, like, video production classes and stuff. I didn't have that. Like, Western didn't have that. Like, uh, my junior, I didn't have that, like... Mm-hmm. Like, how am I supposed to compete with these guys? I didn't think I was going to get in, but I got in, and then 
just like seeing all the cameras and stuff like i wanted this is what i want to do i want to make tv yeah just like seeing like just seeing like if you go on the like now it's better they got like cool hd equipment and like <laughs> but back then it's like seeing just like the three camera setup for a news program i just want to make tv i can't explain it it's just that's what i wanted to do not news because news kind of wears you down a little bit but well what are the things about it that you really like I like the, I like the uh, now I've kind of got a, a appreciation for like directing and stuff like that. I had that's kind of why I want to get into it first. Then I fell in love with. Then I found out about editing, and I fell in love with that. Like that was, that's my actual passion. I like to edit because you have it's your creativity on display. Like you can write a script and you can film in it, but like the actual editing part is where you show off your creativity and stuff. So I'm just trying to see if think if there's any other potential careers where you could still employ that kind of creative approach. Like, have you thought of working for any smaller production companies that do I've tried training videos I've and tried. stuff like that? Yeah. I've, that's where I kind of send my resumes and stuff. Yeah. It's just getting in. Like I'm, a, I'm a walking catch 22. Like I have no experience, but I can't get any experience because nobody will hire me. Right. So it's kind of, Maybe you should try for, like, a summer internship somewhere. Maybe. I think you have to show them your enthusiasm, right? And you have to learn some little tricks on how to sell yourself. Do those information interviews. Send them a demo reel and just express your don't – be, don't be shy about saying, I really want to work here. I would love an opportunity to show you what I've got. Mm -hmm. That enthusiasm, that translates. Then I would have to sell myself, which it only – I. That's why I kind of want to. That's why I created that local celebrity character, right. just to sell myself. So get into that. But it's kind of hard being in that character all, sure. all the time. Exactly. But what you've been doing so far hasn't been working. No. <laughs> yeah. The local C lab has to get out there, do a few things. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How long have we been going? We're now over an hour. Oh my gosh. We've been talking for over an hour. I think we've got a lot of good content. Yeah, we got a lot. Um, We're not really frenemies, though. We're definitely just friends. I, I like the title frenemies, though, just because I, I like making, I like cracking jokes, though. So. Well, this is a good start, though, right? Because then after here, then once all this other stuff is kind of out of the way, mm -hmm. air is clear, then we can just make fun of each other yeah. for like the next 10 episodes. Yeah. Well, we'll also have guests and we'll have more uplifting, like, topics to talk about and stuff. Right. Like, uh,. I know I'm going on vacation in September because my friend's getting married in Vegas. Oh my gosh! Like I haven't talked to this guy almost. I'm friends. I was friends with him and as well as his brother, and I'm living with his brother in his basement and stuff. But his brother got me invited to the wedding and stuff because oh I, I didn't talk to him for like three years, and we talked. Like, we're gonna hang out soon and stuff. So, <laughs> like we were best friends like growing up. It's just one of those things where you just drift apart. Have you been to Vegas before? I have. I went with him. I went with uh, his brother and his girlfriend and my sister and her, well, her now her, her then fiance and now my brother-in-law. Cool. And uh, oh actually, my gosh, how I, was that? Uh, I got uh, drunk one night. I drank a th uh, three-foot cup of uh, rum and coke. Oh my gosh. And then I threw up in a garbage can on the strip. Oh my gosh. I had a really bad hangover the next day. Sounds like Vegas. So next next time I'm gonna not drink that much pace myself and actually gamble a little bit because i wanted to play blackjack but everybody was like we got to go here we got to go there so okay i want to so going back in september yeah because he's getting married so and it says me and guest and so i gotta find guest yeah so 
I gotta find guests. That's essentially. There you go. But uh, that could be our search for the next podcast. It's not till September. It's only April now, so. Yeah, it's never too early to start thinking about it. Uh, so I, I'm I'm kind of looking for that trip. It's just get away. Yeah. Especially because last time we went, we were in like February. Oh. So. Yeah. So what? Uh, before we kind of wrap up, what's uh, what's going on with what's coming up with you? Well, let me see. I'm moving at the end of the month. Our new job. Um, involved with some pretty cool cultural celebrations mm-hmm. taking place over the summer. So mm-hmm. I'll be part of Canada Day again with the city of Calgary. Uh, Aboriginal Awareness Week, they have a big family day party. Mm-hmm. And there's a big fundraiser for Honin's piano competition mm-hmm. in September. So some fun stuff to look forward to. Um, yeah, and I've kind of been going through a lot of transitions lately myself. Um, I'm taking a course on personal leadership, which has been really interesting. And I'm learning a lot through that. And like I was saying, that's the course where I have the study groups and mm-hmm. the homework and that. And it's fun to be challenged in these different ways. And this is a course that really challenges my assumptions and assertions around different things. So I feel like almost on a daily basis, I'm questioning what I'm thinking and how I'm doing things. Yeah. So it feels really good. It's one thing I miss about university is the actual like doing stuff. Yeah. Learning new things. I would take classes that I was interested in. Of course. You could still take a class, my friend. Well, that's always, uh, like I was thinking about taking like some nighttime classes, but I kind of have to find a place to live first. That's what I wanted. That's that's the first major check, to find a place to live. All right. And then I can. So that's going to be my challenge for you before next podcast is to have some movement in this area. There's movement. Like I've, like, like. A realtor sends me listings every day and stuff. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. Finding the right fit. Yeah. Like, there was this place over on McLeod Trail. It was great. It was good, good, but the guys didn't want to negotiate. They wanted a full price for it. And I think the realtor said, like, this is the, like it, it's, it, it was a place that was essentially vacant for two months. And, mm. Like, yeah. I don't know. It would help if I had, like, uh, somebody that I could rent the other, like if I could get a two bedroom, because there's a lot of good two bedrooms. I just don't want to pay the four hundred dollars a month in condo fees. Yeah. So if I had somebody renting out the second bedroom, I could charge them the condo fees and the utilities and stuff. But I mean, you could always buy a two bedroom and then yeah. put the put the put it up on Kijiji. But I, I I would actually kind of prefer being on my own. Yeah. So my, I've I've earned the nickname from my friend Frazier. Because he thinks I'm too picky when it comes to places. <laughs> but I just want something that has in-suite laundry and a dishwasher. And there's a lot of those places. So yep. this is finally the one that I feel the most comfortable in. And Keep looking. Yeah. All right. I think the sur- it's coming It's coming along. And, like, I have somebody that wants to do the interior decoration. When I actually Excellent. Find a- oh, I could use somebody like that. He was a, uh, you know, you remember Jenny, new TV, the German one? Or you might have left afterwards. Yeah. She wants, she's, she's interested in that. And I said, okay, I don't care. Awesome. <laughs> it saves me from picking a paint color. Yep. Things are going to be coming together pretty quick, I think. The one thing I do not like is the color white. <laughs> okay. So you need some color in your place. I don't like white. That's the only color I have. This I don't wear, I don't wear white t-shirts and stuff like that. It's just because it shows all the dirt and stuff. So. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm out of topics. We'll. Yeah check back in this is this is a good first like we kind of got everything about it kind of got everything we'll have a we'll have a more uplifting and how do we how do we wrap up how do we close this i don't know do we thank each other thank you 
Well, well because we're the crew. Yeah, we're the, this is our show. Thanks, of- thanks for being on our own show. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks, Julie. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Just made me think of the catchphrase the host of uh, Risk and Reward has. It's like, you got to risk it for the biscuit. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Nobody else does. I like rhymes. So I think John I, and Julie. Hmm, I got nothing. We'll we'll think of something. For okay. The next show. Something catchy. Yeah. <laughs> something catchy. Cool. All right. I think that's a. That's a wrap. That wraps up. Um, yeah. First episode of Frenemies. You can think of a better title. Frenemies. Frenemies. All right. Cool. Ciao.